0: Let's go a little life out here! What the hell's going on out here? It's a lot of fun.
1: Keep it fun. Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host, that's the Diddy NFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. I don't know why, I wasn't expecting to come in there. <laughs> I just, I don't know what it was. I was looking at sound waves and... Um, yeah, I forgot it was coming in. Uh, mostly because it's an ungodly hour and that's why I'm on me own uh, this week. But I did want to attack this game and the analysis. And not go off on a rant at all, but just come up with my observations. And I will say, and this is going to be no shocker to anybody else, um, I don't think this game comes down to MVS and not for the reason you're thinking. So, you know, people are like, oh yeah, because, uh, you know, the stuff you did in that game up to that point, yes, very, very important. Uh, but even that fumble... Anyway, I won't get into it yet. Uh, but super interesting game. Very uh, frustrating, as everyone will admit. You know, the third and fourth quarter was an absolute uh, S show and a nightmare, but maybe for different reasons. And I'm not here to play the blame game, and the point fingers. I think actually, was kind of like what Aaron Rodgers says, an awful lot of what came out of this game is actually really encouraging. And I would agree uh, with that as well. Some of the stuff is really, really frustrating, uh, but some of it's encouraging. But look, before I get there, the razz the december razz is going to be an absolute bumper Raz. so what is a Raz? what is all of this i'll try to keep this short so it's a raffle i do a raffle every single month for signed march sign packers march the process is um i get it from the states uh, get it in uh, put it up in the shop for everyone to buy and then i raffle the stuff off so it's a jersey and a pick and sometimes i throw in like a t-shirt or a face mask and everything else which the whole face mask thing should be coming to an end soon. Um, so, yeah, it's an opportunity for you to get your, your paws on them uh, so you can buy them outright. And again, I try to keep the price way down as to what you get them uh, elsewhere. Um, you know, factoring in, of course, that I have to pay ridiculous postage um, and customs and everything else. So if you want to secure your place every single month, you can sign up to Patreon and become a gold member. Uh, you know, we saw Iron Rogers do the whole, uh, I like gold, which is gold member stuff, which is great. You get in there to the Patreon gold member tier, you get a free t-shirt after six months, and you also get entered every single month that you're a gold Patreon member uh, in that draw. Now, the way it works as well is is that you make your donation or whatever at the start of the month so what we'll have sometimes is is that we I put up the raffle to say that it's available and then some people become Patreons but you know you don't pay and it, it comes out the next the following month And um, so that said the bumper draw is going to be two signed jerseys and a signed pick, and I might even throw in another bit of merch as well, or another prize. So the chances of winning a prize are really high in December because it's, you know, it's Christmas and it's Santa Claus and all this type of stuff and I get to wear my Christmas hat. Uh, So if you want to, if you've considered it as well, because that's another thing we get. I said I wouldn't bang on, but I'm going to bang on for 10 minutes now. But, you know, so many people have said Uh, Hasty I've just signed up now I've been meaning to do it for ages but I just never got around to it I never did it it's a simple process go to patreon.com forward slash UK Packers become a gold member there's also uh, another tier that you get your free t-shirt after six months but for the gold one you get that but you also get entered into the draw and again the feedback that I get is is that it's you know, it's great crack. The prizes are brilliant. Um, and also that they sign up and you can kind of forget about it until you get me badgering you for your address to send you out that prize. It's all transparent. You can see all of the videos on YouTube. So you can dive on there and check it out and see what it's all about. So the stuff that you see in the shop is going to be the stuff that gets raffled off. So if there's any time that you've been kind of putting off and say, oh yeah, I'm going to do it, uh, jump in before the 1st of December. So you only have about five days now uh, to dive on to Patreon and become a member because the draw is, is, you know, being filled up by Patreon members now. Um, so there are a few spots that are just open that you can buy, but they're getting less and less as, as time goes on. Uh, now I might crank open a second draw, whatever, in time um, or add more prizes or something like that. But uh, do dive on it. If you've thought about doing it, uh, do it, because December is going to be a great draw. But anyway, on to this game. Uh, Here's what's frustrating for me, because the Colts are the number one defense, and let's not forget that, but... You know, it's just really annoying because we could have won this game at the death and also we hung 30 points on the Colts and they went out of their way at the end of the game with all of those just insane holding calls uh, to give the game back to us as much as they could. And we still couldn't get the job done. But, you know, all of this talk preseason that about the and I'm not going to go on about it, but the whole wide receiver thing or you know, the lack of weaponry around Rogers, and that narrative is still f- kind of floating out there. You see it underneath, um, you know, the minute MVS makes a mistake, then all of a sudden everything's trash. Um, but you can still see the Packers hanging 30 points. Now, you know, you could say that's in spite of the talent or whatever, but we saw some really good examples in that game of just some really clever scheming, uh, some good stuff with the tight ends. There was a great play by ESB and MVS was out blocking for him and, Matt LaFleur kind of went into that with MVS when he was asked a ridiculous question, which I'll get on to soon. Um, and I'm not going to go on too much about it because it's so obviously wrong. Um, so he spoke about that. Uh, we saw some great blocking by Alan Lazard. Uh, tight ends getting touchdowns. Jamal Williams getting a touchdown. Um, you know, Devonte Adams doing his usual thing. Aaron Jones, although he wasn't super productive. Um, you know, what did he have, 66 yards or whatever? So... But that's the mad thing about this game as well. The amount of success that Aaron Rodgers had on the play action was unbelievable. To say that we made 18 rush attempts for 66 yards. So the fact that Aaron Jones... Now, he had more success, obviously, at the start of the game, uh, which kept him honest. But it just goes to show, you know, that's your complimentary football. And again, not to bore people uh, with the usual tropes, but yes, it was a game of two halves in the sense that, you know, we were up... 28-14 to at halftime, and we couldn't get it going in the third quarter. So there's not a whole lot to talk about in, in the first half. It was quite clear that, and again, I would say we were firing on all cylinders, but it did come down to that fumble that we lost. And I know Aaron Rodgers was saying, like, oh, with the fumbles we lost, the defense didn't give up a whole lot and kind of credit to them. But it just goes to show, like, at certain points in this game, any mistake that could have been made was made And any opportunities that, you know, potentially could have went their way for some things didn't go our way. Uh, You know, there was a time that I think it was Amos or Savage. I think it was Savage uh, made a dive for a tip ball and didn't come up with it. Uh, Jair Alexander nearly picked one off at the end of the fourth quarter. Not that it would have mattered because with the amount of holding calls, we ended up getting the ball anyway. But it was just little things like that, that if it just goes your way, well, then you're fine. But there's something kind of more troubling that I spotted That happened in that game. And again not to place blame. um, On anybody. Uh, And I get to that in a second. But a couple of the things that I sort of noted on the way. So first off the Colts are a top defence in the NFL. Very positive. Because we turned the ball over four times. They turned it over twice. We still could have won the game in the end. The time of possession. They had it for seven minutes more than we had it. And they went bananas on the run game. We still could have won the game. At the end. Uh, when you look at fourth down efficiency, they were two for two. They, were, they could seemingly run up the gut without being able to do anything about it. And again, we could have won that game. They missed the field goal and that wouldn't have mattered because we still could have won the game. And what am I talking about? At the very end of that game where we ended up kicking the field goal and bringing it to overtime, Robert Tonian was wide open in the end zone. We didn't have anything on the play. It was the 11th drive. We're backed up on our own end zone. First and 10 incomplete to Lazard. Second and 10 incomplete to Lazard. Third and 10 MVS and triple coverage, which is just unbelievable. First and 10 Adams gets the first down. We spiked the ball. Second and 10 Adams over the middle again for another first down. We spiked the ball again. Slightly questionable, but obviously Matt LaFleur wanted to get his play call in. Second and 10 Tunyon goes for six. And then third and four. It's an awful pass to Adams that sails right over because he's trying to be safe when Robert Tunyon was wide open in the end zone. And that would have sealed the game. We would have won no time left on the clock. And we walk out of there victors, which is quite incredible to say that on our defence, we couldn't do anything. Um, I started to take sort of a summary of the defensive frustration. On the first drive, they pick up chunk yardage. Then Philip River throws a pass into triple coverage. um, And then we make a good play and stop it. So the second drive, it's a good start. Um, outrageously soft third down which Aaron Nagler raised to Matt LaFleur then there's a large end around and an embarrassing touchdown for Pittman so that was his first Colts touchdown the Colts longest scrimmage touchdown of the season um, then our third defensive uh, stand let's say um, is an offensive hold back on the Colts and then they're forced to dump it off and punt so effectively there it's the Colts shooting themselves in the foot uh, then there's a three and out and an ends and that sort of doink because of the fumble um, and then we played okay we, you know we tipped the ball we picked the ball and then there's some good plays but then we give up a touchdown on the sixth drive because for whatever reason Preston Smith's been dropped into coverage which is just insanity so it seems like we kind of went out of our way to give up points in some guys but we still hung in till the very end And could have won that game by just throwing the ball to a wide open Tunyon in the end zone. It was incredible as well the fact that a a stout defense is the Packers' Achilles heel. You know, press man coverage and pressure in Aaron Rodgers' face. And for whatever reason, he doesn't seem to be able to handle it. Now, what do I mean there? There was two massive instances where Aaron Rodgers seemed to get spooked by the pressure. um, And it just scuttles us completely. So if you look at when... Uh, We come out in the second half, and the Colts have it first. Uh, They go down and score a field goal, which is incredible that we didn't get called because they were, were third and goal. That was an okay defensive stand, I guess, but it was definitely DPI on Amos, and we, we got away with one there, so they scored a field goal. Um, our offense comes out, which is their eight drive. We had more drives, by the way, than the Colts did to say that they completely outplayed us on time. So first and the 10, Jones, two-yard run. Second and eight, Jones, catch for four yards. And then it was a bad pass to MVS on the sideline. So it was a third and four and we would go three and out. Now people are saying, oh, he didn't have the chemistry and it was a back shoulder throw and all this type of stuff. Um, it looked, you totally weren't on the same page. Um, and, and it looked bad. So then Colts come back out. Hines goes for a touchdown. King is on the coverage Uh, there's and fouls and it gets brought back and then literally the next play Jack Doyle goes in and Green really whiffs at the the pass and so does uh, Kirksey and they score an easy two point conversion so this is the one that I'm talking about with pressure so then air offense comes back out have a chance to do something Sternberger goes for three Aaron Jones goes for six and we're on third and one and Rodgers gets spooked by Darius Leonard now we've seen him be the Jedi of the pocket and step left or right and have the guy blow past him but he seemed to let Darius Leonard into his head because we saw them talking earlier in the game and you can see Aaron Rodgers say, I never said that because it was this whole thing about Leonard had a chip on his shoulder for not being called the best in his position and Aaron Rodgers slighted him and all this type of lark. But Leonard brings pressure and Aaron Rodgers get clearly spooked and just lashes the ball into the dirt. So then we've got bad field position because the punt isn't great. Uh, Kiki has Taylor in the backfield and lets him go on a 14-yard run and it ends with a Colts field goal to tie the game Shepard comes out and fumbles and the Colts get another field goal and then we're out on offense again we do well, MVS with a 9-yard gain Aaron Jones with a first down and it's a face mask penalty, he doesn't get it Uh, Jones, uh, no gain but then he comes out with a first down Lazard for a first down Williams up the middle uh, which gets called back for a Lewis holding so if you're looking for reasons how we lost this game, that was one of them. Uh, the Mercedes-Lewis hold pulls back a massive gain and puts us at first and 20. Devonte goes for 10, Tunyon goes for two, and it's third and eight. And here's the other mistake that's even worse than the MVS fumble, is that Tunyon gets the ball on the sideline and goes out of bounds a yard short, which brings up that fourth and one. So, you know, between Leonard bringing pressure... And Aaron Rodgers just lashing it in the dirt. The Shepherd fumble. Uh, Kiki letting the the runner off in the backfield. It would have been a tackle for a loss. Um, then we come into this play. And then Lewis holding call. Compounded by Tunyon diving at a bounds on third and eight. To bring up a fourth and one. And this is the other time that uh, Aaron Rodgers the blame lies at his feet. So he gets pressure. And he tries to float the ball to Williams. But it's completely off target. And it just lamely bounces down the field. Uh, but again, a very makeable pass. But under pressure, Aaron Rodgers just gets spooked and just lashes it out of the way. Now the Colts end up uh, punting the ball. And then it's our, our 11th drive. And then we get down for the field goal. But again, that's the one that uh, sort of ties the game. But Tunyon was wide open. So it reminds me very dilutedly of the NFC Championship game where... Everybody likes to focus on one thing when you go back through it all and you're kind of like between Aaron Rodgers getting spooked by Darius Leonard uh, then you've Tunyon diving out when he should have got that extra yard because he actually worked back to the ball and then threw himself out. Um, you, you know, you have Aaron Rodgers again floating it over Jamal Williams and then you have him again uh, missing Tunyon who was wide open in the end zone which is pretty haunting stuff. Um, and then let's focus on the thing that everybody else has focused on and it's such a shame that it's MVS because he was building his confidence he was doing well all of this time uh, he made an absolutely clutch play uh, in triple coverage to come down with that and third and ten with Aaron Rodgers throwing from his own end zone which was incredible um, and then he makes a nice block I think uh, on, that, on that drive as well he makes a good block for ESB um, he's he's doing some nice stuff kind of throughout the game and I don't put that like chemistry shoulder pass It doesn't matter at this stage because everything before the mistakes effectively doesn't matter because Tunyon was missed wide open in the end zone to seal the game uh, which is pretty criminal so MVS uh, the wide receivers are bunched up kind of because you have uh, Tunyon there as well or whatever but You know, I think it's Tunyon and Lazard, and they have to make the block for MVS on the screen. And he gets the ball. And in fairness to him, the defender comes in, and he's supposed to be blocked by two um, teammates. And I know you get a you get a penalty flag thrown on you had Tunyon done anymore because Lazard kind of lets the defender get by him, um, and then Tunyon doesn't get to him enough. But in fairness to MVS he does his best right and what i mean by that is is that yes he's holding the ball in one hand but i've watched the play before doing this podcast i've rewatched the game entirely i've took my own notes of the play-by-play even though they're written in front of me but i like to get a feel for it and if you go back this is what troy aikman has to say about that play and it is 1000 percent false
0: right there right there as he's trying to cut back inside that block Just enough. Just loose with the football. You know, that's a wide receiver in traffic. Just not putting the ball up against his body. Got a little loose with it. And Darius Leonard... Or excuse me. Blackman knocked it out. Yeah, Julian Blackman is the one who comes up. And it didn't look like he got a lot of the ball.
1: So, wrong. Go back and look at that play. I've What I've done is I've went into... Um, the the replay of the full game and I've looked at all of the highlights the slowdown stuff and I've went into the coach's film and I've looked at that as well and what Troy Eggman said is balls and he's there looking at it and he's looking at the at the replay so what happens is is that Blackman comes in to tackle he's going to ground and MVS puts the ball against his body with his right hand and it is against his body because you can go back and pause it um, and When Blackman's going to the ground, behind his body he puts his arm out and he says he doesn't get a lot of the ball. He gets an awful lot of contact and in a really weird way. So an MVS on top of that has sidestepped him, has the ball on the far side of his body uh, pressed against his body with his right arm and he's using his left hand to push Blackman down to the ground away from him. And he's also gonna get ready to brace for impact because I think Darius Leonard is is bearing down on him as well. Um so had um Blackman not obviously had his hand out, um I believe that MVS would have pulled took that ball in even further um and it wouldn't have resulted in that play. What it comes down to for me is is that MVS was uh again should never have been tackled in that way because he had two blockers out there that didn't get the job done. Um, but not to be harsh on them, it was just a fantastic play by Blackman. Um, Unbelievable play in the sense that he still tried to make a play on the ball whilst going to ground. And if you look at the angles that his hands are in, he's basically spearing himself into the ground uh, to get his hands in some way and make a nuisance of himself. And he did, and it worked, and the ball popped out, and MVS again. It's that initial shock, because I would imagine it was a bang-bang play into to him... Um, you know, the defender had gone by him and he'd actually used his left hand to make sure that he got around him. And just by the way, that ball popped out. So taking away the whole, oh, he got thrown into in triple coverage and comes down with that ball and it's a redemption story. And all of these storylines, put that to the side. Um, because it's like when someone does something for you for free and you're supposed to be delighted about it, even though it's a crap job, you know. It's like, yeah, well, you know, you're so ungrateful. It's not even that for me. It's not that he, do- he did a lot during this game and the previous game and uh, you feel bad for the guys who's a human and all this type of stuff. There is that element to it. But to me, that is just an unbelievable defensive play at the exact worst time for the Packers. And that's how we ended up losing that game. But we would never have got to that point um, you know, had the holding penalty not been there on Lewis potentially because we were right up there and we could have ran the clock out with a couple of runs. Uh, again, worst case scenario, which is what we did is tie the game. Um if you look at the the spook play, the floating of the ball and even before that just lettering that ball into the dirt, you know, and then you you look at the Tunyon being wide up. You know, it's these misplays and everyone kinda points the finger at M V S because he's an easy target, of course he is. Um and then you have these clowns as well, and I would play Clown of the Week music, um, but let's just get right into it is that these clowns wishing death upon him. Do I need to come on a podcast to all of you fantastic listeners and say why that is an absolute arse move to make, is to have death threats on a person who plays football? Honestly, who cares? You know, like um, Bostig was coming out. Now, there's a calamitous play for you um, and a bad play in the NFC Championship game, which I've mentioned now twice. It's totally, you know, <laughs> it's burned in the brain. Um, there's a bad play but he's he's spoken openly now about depression and what he faced and of course you get that sort of that onslaught because that's what his legacy is and that's what he's remembered for um, so MVS is getting death threats and he approaches it himself not only that he has Mark Daniels in the media who came out and asked Lafleur how can he live with MVS which was just a ridiculous question Um, and again he calls MVS dazzling and dumb and MVS called him out for it and then Mark Daniels deletes the tweet and then he tries to backtrack Which I know MVS frustrates people, uh, but he stretches the field. He's got unbelievable speed and all he's missing is hands. Now, we see comments from people saying, you know, that's it. He's never going to get better and all that. We just don't know. It is frustrating, but definitely he has all the tools and he gets open and he just needs to complete that one. But I think he's getting better and better. Maybe this is a character building thing for him. But again, to me, and go back and look at it, and don't listen to Aikman, which a lot of people don't, just an unbelievable defensive play for me. Unbelievable. And again, should never have been in that position because we had a couple of chances to tie up the game despite losing the turnover battle. And despite... And, and if you want to talk about what Aikman said, that was correct. He also said this and he was right on the money.
0: I'd like to tell you I know what Green Bay's doing on defence, but I just don't. They got guys running all over the place and nobody's then out on the outside to pick up Michael Pittman. They weren't in man coverage, but they... It, <laughs> It was a fire grill on the back end.
1: So, exactly right. I mean, there was times that you look at the defense, and I'm like, I don't even know what's happening. I don't know who's covering who. I don't know why they're dropping Preston Smith into coverage. Um, I don't know why on on third and long, because there was a lot of them that I I took down that were just playing really soft. And in fairness to him, Aaron Nagler asked LaFleur what's going on with it, because it's ridiculous. And you understand you don't want to be gouged, but at the same time, at least stop at the marker and make that tackle. Um, But the other thing that I don't understand is how they can just seemingly at will, and they did this uh, coming out for the second half, is just run up the gut. And it just works pretty much every single time, at least 90% of the time. I just don't get it. So what's incredible to me is, and this is the encouraging part, I don't know whether that's an insult or it's nice. You know, it's that kind of thing of, we seemingly did an awful lot in this game to just throw it down the drain. But then all of a sudden, we're still in the game and we could easily have walked away with the win. It's absolutely incredible. You know, um, the Colts are the number one defense. The game was close and they brought pressure and Aaron Rodgers looked spooked. You know, I don't know what the defense are doing on third down. They've the tools and the skills because it looks like we're really swarming them um, on first and second down. But then we come up against third down. It's uh, unbelievable. The amount of interceptions and fumbles and everything else we had was unreal. this And there's not a trope out there as well saying, oh, the Packers didn't adjust at halftime. To what? We were up 28. We were 28-14. What did did we need to adjust to? The Colts had the ball um, coming out, and they do the business. You know, they come out with a field goal. Um, There's a nice sack there. You know, Amos doesn't get called for a DPI. Um, And then it's just a bad pass to MVS on third and four. So what, did, what exactly did we need to do to adjust? And then the next offensive drive, we get three yards and six yards. We've got a third and one. And then Aaron Rodgers gets spooked by Darius Leonard. Then Shepard fumbles. And then the next offensive drive, uh, we're out on. Aaron Rodgers gets spooked on a fourth and one. And we give that away. And then we come out again. And, you know, it's a bad pass to Adams in the end zone when he had Tunyon wide open. So what exactly did we need to make adjustments for? Certainly on defence, we were getting ran all over, but I don't understand why people are criticising that, you know, we didn't adapt during the game. We had nothing to adapt to. It was bad decisions. Um, On top of that, the defence could not stop getting offside. There was four offside penalties Um, in the game. So, you know, special teams. So Shepard leaves a kickoff and it bounces and stays at the one. Um, then he brings it out and slips. So we start at the 14-yard line. And then he fumbles the ball away and... You know, we've bad field position and yet at at the same time with us giving the ball over on downs or fumbling the ball, um, some really bad punting on the, on the day as well. Um, and they have really good field position. So they've beaten us in the turnover battle. They can seemingly score at will and run up the gut on defence, particularly in the second half. Um, the amount of missed tackles that we had, the poor special teams play uh, with punting and returning. Was unreal. Aaron Rodgers getting spooked, um, and all of this added together. Yet we still could have won the game at the very end. That's what makes it more frustrating. And I've said this before. I would rather get blown out um, from an emotional fan point of view because you kind of understand that you know that was the better team on the day. And um, because I see all these sickly narratives now going, oh well, you know, let's move on now, and the and the Colts have a good defense, and what what did you expect? But literally, we could have eliminated um, poor special teams play and we would have ran away with the game. Um, Aaron Rodgers dealt with pressure better, would have ran away with the game. Found Tunyon, or Tunyon would have found the first down marker. Mercedes Lewis wouldn't hold. We didn't get so many offside penalties. Um, Aaron Rodgers finds Tunyon in the end zone. I mean, there was just, there was literally about 10 to 15 things that we, just one of those, just get one of those and we would have been fine. The time of possession? You look at that and you think, yeah, you, you definitely got blown out by double scores and yet literally it came down to the very end of the game and it was our possession. Had that play went okay and that's the thing that is difficult to deal with and it's kind of frustrating but very encouraging at the same time because here is a team that had nice, clever play design, even that play that with the fumble at the very end, you know, bunching up the receivers that way, you know, getting some nice blocking out front um, and we've seen times where you know, we brought it to really short third down yardage and we just couldn't get the job done. You know, we don't. We were coming up against a really good defense, but we were kind of shooting ourselves in the foot, really. Um. So the Packers beat themselves against the Colts. So the question I had coming into this game was, can the Packers go up against a number one defense or a damn good defense and do the business? And the answer is a resounding yes. We get rid of the spookiness. Uh, we get rid of some of the mental errors with, you know, not getting out of bounds in the in the correct place um and cut out some of the penalties the the fumbles and the turnovers they're you know Aaron Rodgers like to say it's an anomaly so once we erase them you can erase any one of things and we definitely can put it up to teams for sure and look and the time of possession was terrible um the running yards was terrible yeah we were still keeping them honest on the play action it's honestly how we came out of that game with easily being able to win it in the death is is beyond me, and it's it is super encouraging. The other one that I like seeing Crosby being out there, uh, the Packers swatting the ball. I mean, I don't know how many tip passes we have, but it's probably more of a criticism on Philip Rivers than anything else because apparently that's happening to him a lot. You know, Tunyon getting himself open, MVS playing really well. Um, apart from that one really good defensive play, again I'll stick stick by it. Some good play design uh, by Matt Lafleur as well. And Rashan Gary, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant on the night. Absolutely done the business, made a real nuisance of himself. Um, You know, I could get into players that were kind of subpar. There was, you know, Channing Sullivan got beaten a lot. Um, Alexander played a bit soft at times. Kevin King, the same. Uh, There was a couple of times that we could have came down with an interception, one by Savage um, and one by Alexander then in the end. But it just goes to show the amount of missed opportunities. And just how close we were. We could have absolutely spanked the Colts on the night. But we didn't. And I think it's great. But the thing is we're coming into the Bears game now. And it's always a physical game when we come up against our Bears. No matter what their record is. Uh, They're a bit of a shambles. But I'm going to do that um, on quick snaps um, later in the week. But anyway that's it for me. I think it's encouraging. And I don't think that the blame has been laid at the right places. And I don't think who cares about blame anyway. I think it's encouraging. Any one of those that went differently, absolutely uh, kicking ass. But there we go. I'm at SteedyTheNFL, at the Packer on Instagram, at UKPackers, and all of the things. And by the way, uh, Panthers game, December. It's been switched to a Saturday and it's late again. Yay. Um, So just an FYI on that one. So anyway, get onto the Patreon, become a gold member. Do it in the next couple of days if you want to be in on that December uh, raffle. If you've been putting it off, Uh, you know make it one of your things sit down get onto patreon.com forward slash uk Packers and get it done as i said cheesehead tv you know these lads have a thousand two thousand um, patreons there's other podcasts out there that have the same and they actually don't give you anything for being a patreon supporter whereas i give you all your money back after six months in the form of a t-shirt and you also get put into the draw for a monthly march and you can see that being done transparently Um, And I'm going to keep working away trying to bring that merch to you guys on this side of the pond as well. So for me, for you guys, I think it's great value um, and good bang for your buck. Um, So yeah, that's it. Anyway, talk to you in quick snaps, guys. Peace.